Well, hey, everybody, welcome back uh, to City Hills this weekend. So glad you're here. And I got some friends in, studio audience in this weekend. So it's going to be so good. I am so ready to see you at church again. And it's going to be soon. We're just two weeks away. June the 21st. Are you guys pumped about this as I am? I am so ready for church together again. Two services that day, 9 and 11. Two identical services, 9 and 11, Sunday, June the 21st. Uh, Kids minister will be back safe, secure, clean. Love to have you and your family back. And uh, it's just going to be an amazing time celebrating uh, all that God is doing and is about to do in our church family. So I just closed a five-week series, which is uncommon for me to, to take the same series for that long. And so I really felt uh, God leading us around just a couple of individual messages I wanted to bring you in anticipation of our reopen together as a church family. Last weekend, Pastor Aubrey did an amazing job. Didn't he do an amazing job, guys? Just an amazing, really great word from God about purpose. And I really wanted to bring you to an Old Testament story today. Grab your Bibles. We're in 2 Kings today. And I want to bring you a, a, a message around an Old Testament a story about Elisha. And the prophet Elisha, at this particular time in history, uh, Israel is a divided nation. It's actually the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel. Israel's in the north, Judah's in the south. And uh, their kings are different. And Elisha is the prophet of God in this season. 2 Kings 3 and 15. I'm reading out of the New King James. That's not normal for me, but I just like the way this says this. Uh, Elisha says in verse 15, 2 Kings 3, now bring me a musician. I love that. Uh, so he's basically saying, I'm about to close. This is what I always do is the same way. Somebody's got to come play for me. And then the Bible says, Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him, on Elisha. Verse 16, And Elisha said, Thus says the Lord. That's why I like King James, because he says thus. thus. Thus says the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of of a place to contain all that God wants to do. And I want to bring you a message about making room and making space, digging some stuff out in your life. You know, the truth of the matter is this. The last three or three and a half months, there's been a lot of days, a lot of times when I thought, this is never going to end. Can I get a good amen on that? Like, I just, I lived the same Monday 74 times. You know what I mean? Like, it was just... It is now March the 79th. Like, that's what today is. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just Groundhog Day over and over. And I was, I just, I woke up in Groundhog Day every day. And at some point, sort of in the last month, especially as we started talking about reopening church together, I realized I got to shake off some stuff that I've created in this season. That I've done some stuff, I've created some habits, there's some, some mindsets, some attitudes, some way of thinking, some just the way I've led my schedule, the way I've ate, whatever, that i got to change as a, the inactivity I've had. And some of that stuff's going to have to change, and maybe you kind of feel the same way. So I want to bring you this message today about digging sort of some stuff out in your life. The Bible says it like this, Elisha calls from the musician, and then it happened. Have you ever had one of those then it happened kind of moments in your life? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I remember one time uh, growing up, I had one little brother, and I remember my little brother uh, told my mom one time, I forget how old we were, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, and he told my mom to shut up, and it was, it, yeah, and I did that, and then, and then it happened, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I won't tell you what's next, but have you ever had one of those moments where you're like, oh, that, I did that, and then it happened, like, and, and, and Elisha kind of indicates, like, something happened, and then the thing he'd been praying for comes together. 
that there was this activity that happened, and, and then it happened. And God gives him an, distru- an instruction to dig ditches in this valley. And I want to talk to you about digging some stuff. Write this down in your notes. Here's the first thing I want to tell you, that digging and destiny go hand in hand. That digging and destiny go hand in hand. As Elisha is uh, asking God for certain things, they're actually in battle right now, and as Elisha is asking God for the hand of the Lord on him, God gives Elisha something to do. Oftentimes in your life when you're asking God to do something, God's going to ask you to do something. Say amen to that. Like God, 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 I need you to fix this. Okay, if you'll line up these three or four things, then I can fix. God, I want you to take care of that. Okay, but you're going to have to change this behavior. God, bless my finances. Okay, but if you don't put me first in tithing and stop spending more than you make, it's kind of hard to bless something that is out of order, right? So there's digging and, digging and destiny go hand in hand. They go hand in hand for Elisha in this. And I don't like construction and digging and the delays of digging. Over the last three and a half months, every time I'm on I-10, I'm believing God for a COVID-19 construction on I-10 miracle. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, it's going to all come together, and they're going to open it all up at one time. And I have more times than I can tell you, topped a hill and seen red lights and, you know, one lane, and I just think I have a better plan. Do you ever do this? And I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but I'll, I'll have this harebrained idea that I have a better plan, and, and so I'll take quickly, I'll like, I'll jump in, you know, four or five lanes over, and I'll take this, you know, I'll slide in, you know, behind somebody, cut three or four people off with my City Hill sticker on my truck, and, and, and they wave at me in the most unique possible way, and, and they, they scream God bless you's out of the windows, and, and I'm just getting off the exit, because I got an idea nobody else has. Does anybody else do this? And the moment you do that, you realize, oh my Lord, this is worse than the thing I just got out of. And then I really lose my salvation because now there's red lights on these exit ramps and I'm going, I could have been over there. And, I'm, and then I start like through my mind thinking that I'm like a monster truck and I can see myself climbing up the embankment. Like I just have to get out of this because I just want to get around construction. And the truth of the matter is I do that in my life a whole lot. Maybe do the same thing. That you realize there's a construction zone ahead in your life. There's probably going to be some digging in your life. You just want to avoid it at all costs. I got anything I can do to not have to go through this. And Elisha's kind of in that. He's like, God, I didn't ask you for a job. I asked you for a miracle. And you said digging. And I don't know that I'm ready for a construction uh, zone. I just wanted you to perform this miracle. And then God says, I want you to dig some stuff out in your life. You, you cannot, don't detour the destiny that God has you on by trying to go around the stuff God wants to build in you. Don't try to take a detour around the stuff that God is saying. I want you to plow in this season. I want you to work through this. I want you to dig in this season. Construction is the future speaking to the present, saying, I know that you're frustrated about this, but I'm going to make it better in the end. There's going to be another lane. At least that's what they say. Right? It's, it's, the traffic's going to be better. Like There's the hope of tomorrow. But the truth is, is with God, when there's construction and digging in your life, it really is for your good. It really is that God's trying to dig some stuff out of me because He knows I need some work on me. Am I the only one saying amen to that? Construction's progress. It's growth. If you ever want to achieve a dream in your life, you're going to have to go under construction. If you ever want to fix your marriage or a ministry or a business or finish your education or your finances or your family, it starts with 
I got to dig some stuff out of this. I'm probably going to have to put some work in all of this. Say amen. Israel's in the middle of this season of construction. And they had been this divided nation, I told you. So Judah's in the south, Israel's in the north. And uh, Jehoshaphat uh, rules Judah uh, in, this, in the, the southern kingdom. And he's a righteous king. The Bible said he does it right in the eyes of the Lord. And Israel is led by Joram, another king. Uh, so two kings, same nation, but they're divided. And Joram is an evil king. He's actually the son of Ahab and Jezebel. And he is this idolatrous king. And now uh, God is uh, working with these two nations. It's one people, two nations, one heart towards God, one heart uh, not towards God. And together they had made an alliance with a third king, third king in the story, uh, the king of Edom, uh, so that they could defeat the Moabites, their uh, sworn enemy. And so this is kind of the, the, the backdrop of Elisha going to God and getting this digging instruction from God. So 2 Kings 3 and 9, let me back it up a little bit says this, Then the king of Edom and his troops joined them, joined the two kings of Israel, and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness. Let me pause here and tell you, have you ever felt like that's what God did to you? <laughs> like a roundabout route through the wilderness? And, and he did it for seven days. So these three kings are now moving seven days uh, worth of fighting and going roundabout and trying to find the right place. And, 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 and after seven days of all three of these armies together, they realize they don't have any water for the animals. That's what the Bible ends with saying. There is no water for their men or their animals. So we're out here in the desert, and there's three armies that we've got to feed and all of our animals, and we're stuck for seven days out here. And the worst of possible circumstances happens. We're going to die all out here before we even get to our enemy, the Moabites. You know, the, the, one, of the, one of the strategies of the enemy of your soul is to kill you before the battle ever starts. If I can convince you it's going to be so bad that you'll never just get off the couch and do it, you know what I mean? If I can convince you it's going to be so, if I can kill you before you ever get there, if I can take the fight out of you before you ever get to the fight, and now they're thinking, man, I'm going to run out of water. We're all going to starve out of here, and we don't know what to do, and it's been seven days that they have no Water And I, let me just pause here and tell you, let me save you some heartache. Let's don't let pride let us wait too long to involve God in our lives. Amen, everybody? Like the first day you realize I'm in trouble, just go, God, we're in trouble. God, I made a mistake. I got out here. We didn't have enough water. I'm, we made this whole thing. We're jumping in. I, I didn't get God's input in the planning process. And now I need God to rescue me from something that I did. And it would have been better if I just would have asked God in the beginning. Amen, everybody? So Elisha does something so unique. Elisha says, bring me a worship leader. Bring me a worship leader and musician. And, and I love this. And this is just a sidebar I got to teach you in this, in this teaching. Why is it so important he brings this worship leader? And I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Elisha understands the process of hearing from God. That worship usually precedes the word. So the reason why our church services are like they are, the reason why we worship first, it's not because there's some biblical mandate or this is how church is supposed to go or you got to sing this many songs, it's got to go this way. The reason why we sing first and worship first is that it, it, it honestly, it opens up your heart to receive God's word so that when I bring you God's word, it's ready. And Elisha knows I need to get God's word for these people who are starving and need water right now. They're going to die of thirst out here. The best thing I can do is get a worship leader. Let me say it this way. Your worship unlocks God's power and God's word in your life. 
your worship will unlock the power of God. You ever, you ever done that? You ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? You needed to hear from God, and the best thing you knew how to do was turn on some worship music somewhere. And, and then suddenly, it, it may not be an audible voice. It may not be. You just know that God, God's presence is there, and He's speaking to me, and He's giving me peace in this. That's why Psalms 100 says to enter His gates with thanksgiving and go to His courts with praise and give thanks to Him and praise His name. It's entering His gates. Every time you walk in, the first thing you do is worship. It prepares our hearts. And so many times we come to church and we're unchanged and things aren't different and we go home in the same way that we came in. Let me just ask you, if you didn't really have an encounter with God in worship, how did you expect to hear from God in His Word? Amen, everybody. So... Your worship is so important, and Elisha knows this. If you're going to get through whatever trial that you're in, and maybe you're in that this weekend, maybe you feel like, man, I don't know what to do and where this is going to go and how the world seems upside down right now and where's peace and where's unity. I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship my way through it, everybody. I'm going to get to God's presence. Worship at its root is a response that God can do anything. Say amen to that. That God is all powerful. That I don't have the answer for water right now, but I know who does. So I'm going to sing about Him, go to Him, worship Him, and then the answer comes. Write this down. I like to say it this way. Worship is what sustains you between your dream and your destiny. Worship is what sustains you between your dream and your destiny. And it will be the sustaining thing that gets you through the hardest times in your life. And maybe if you're in that season right now where you're feeling lethargic and you're just trying to shake off all of that stuff, let me dig some stuff out of you. Let's start with worship, everybody. Let's become people of worship. Turn off all the news and get some worship music filling your car, your house, your mind, your jog. Let's elevate our minds and our thinking and our hearts in worship. Say amen to that, everybody. So he worships. And then the Bible says and the, and the, the, the Spirit of the Lord rests on Elisha. And, and he said, thus says the Lord, this, then the word of the Lord comes to Elisha, make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. I don't know if you ever pray this way, but sometimes I, I remind God that he's answering the prayer I didn't pray. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, oh, that's a good word, God, but that's not what I was asking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I do that. I don't know. Y'all don't talk to God like that, but I do. I, God, boy, that sounds really good. Yeah, that's not what I wanted. I was, I was looking for, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do this? God, I was asking for water. I wasn't asking for ditches. <laughs> you misunderstood. I was looking for water. Maybe you should, I, I, sometimes I don't communicate clearly what I need. I need water. These folk about to die. Three armies, all their men, all their animals. I need water. You said ditches. I don't know. You sometimes are just, maybe let me clear that up for you. God says, no, I know exactly what you need. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that you don't think you need in order to give you something that you can't live without. Let me say that again because you didn't write it down. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that you don't think you need to do so that He can give you something that you can't live without. Let me say it better this way. There's some stuff God can't get to you till you do the stuff He tells you to do. I want to get you the end result water, but there's a process between this and that. And that process involves you digging some stuff out in your life. It involves some work that you've got to do. You've got to dig. There's some stuff in your life. And what you need to sustain the miracle. Boy, this is good preaching if I must say so myself. (laughs) What you need to sustain the miracle. Listen close. In uncertain times like we're living in in America. Listen close to me. 
Christians, listen to me. Let me tell you what's going to carry you through three and a half, four months of a pandemic, five, six months, through unrest in our country and division like never before and hatred and, 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 and brother against brother. Let me tell you what sustains the child of God, what sustains believers. It is not hype, everybody. Listen close. If you had hype back in March, it ran out really soon. Let me tell you what, what gets people through hard times is depth. The reason God didn't say bring me a bunch of barrels is because barrels aren't deep. Ditches go deep. God said, I need some depth in you so I can... I don't just want to give you water for today. I want to give you something to sustain you for tomorrow. And if you don't have any depth in you, surface Christianity doesn't work for a world that's shaking and out of control. Inch deep Christianity doesn't work. And maybe you've lived that way. I've lived that way. I'm not telling you you're bad for that. There's been seasons of my life when it was just surface level. And I was just kind of committed about an inch deep and about a mile wide. And let me tell you something. When the world starts shaking, that's the first thing to crack. And, and God tells Elisha, I want you to dig ditches. Dig something deep in your life. Write it this way. If there's no depth in you, you can't hold water in the hard times. If there's no depth in you, you can't hold water in the hard times. And, 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 I, and I want you to have depth in your relationship with God. And God tells Elisha, I want to give you water for now, but I want to give you depth. I want to give you something to hold on. Your Sunday morning fix won't work on Monday. You need depth on Monday. It's, it's, it's why I've encouraged you as a church family to stay connected to God and be self-feeders. You've you got to get in God's Word every day for yourself. Say amen to that. You've got to pray every day for yourself. You've got to worship every single day in your... You've got to get in a small group. Everybody needs a small group. I need a small group. You need a small group. Everybody needs a, a band of brothers, of sisters that are praying for you. What's that? I'm digging deep ditches in my life. Why am I reading my Bible every day? Because I'm digging deep ditches in my life. Why am I fasting before we open up church again? Because i got to dig deep ditches in my life. God didn't lead the children of Israel to a dry riverbed and say, y'all just hang out here. I'll fill up this water. He said, no, no, no. I want you to dig. I want you to get involved. I want you to do something so you have some depth and you say amen to that, everybody. God could have just sent rain. He had sent rain before. But rain is a temporary fix for an extended problem. Ditches. Ditches is what you need. Rain would give you momentary miracle but no provision for the future. Don't just expect God to pop up in your situation if you aren't willing to prepare the ground. Don't want the stability of a 25-year marriage without the work of 25 years of relationship building. Don't expect financial success of 40 years in a career if you haven't put in the work every day at 5 o'clock in the morning getting up and digging out a dream and building a career and building a small business. Say amen to that, everybody. And don't expect spiritual depth just because you show up on Sunday. you got to dig some stuff out in your life. Say amen to that. Blessing always comes after you do something. Genesis says it like this, Genesis 1 and 22, and God blessed them everything He created and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters of the seas, let the fowl multiply the earth. God ble- it took 22 verses for God to bless anything in creation. And you want blessing today. And it took 22 verses of creation before God blessed anything. 
And we live in a culture that says, if God doesn't bless me this week, I'm out of here. I'm done with this. This stuff doesn't work anymore. You know, my Christianity doesn't, doesn't work that way, everybody. It was 22 days of working and growing and tilling and making a garden and building an earth and creating. And then the Bible, 22 days later, 22 chapters, 22 years, 2200 years, whatever length of time goes on in that early creation. Then God says, now I'm going to start blessing that stuff after creation and work goes into it. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? There's a ditch you got to dig. If you want some stuff in your life, you're going to have to work. Let me give you three things, and then I'll pray for you this weekend. Number one, you're going to have to learn how to dig in the desert. You're going to have to learn how to dig in dry places. Dig in dry places. The children of Israel were instructed to dig where they were, not where they wanted to be. Boy, 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 this is one of the hardest things. Most weekends I just preach to me and let y'all listen. (laughs) This is one of those kind of weekends where... There's some stuff I just wish, well, God, it's a good idea. So I'm with you on digging. Can I just dig where I like? You know, can I do the thing I want to do? Good idea, God. Let me do it my way. God says, no, no, no. I put you right there. I want you to dig in that desert. God, you don't understand. It's rocks everywhere. It's clay. This is hard. I got no tools. I left my shovel at home. I got, I don't know what to do. This is, no, I want you to dig right where you are. You don't understand. My marriage is dead. I'm in a dead end job. What will people think if I quit my job? I'm successful in this and I don't have the education to do that or I made too many mistakes or I'm too old or I'm too young or there's just no way God could, no, no, no. I put you in that desert. Dig right where you are. God doesn't always choose a perfect circumstance to perform a miracle. If it was perfect, it wouldn't be a miracle, everybody. Right? If it was a lush oasis, it wouldn't be as much of a miracle as a dry desert that filled with water. Sometimes God puts you there so He can take credit. I know the soldiers are hot and tired and their lips are parched in the desert sun. That's what makes it more of a miracle. Say amen to that. Dig right where you are in the middle of the desert. Number two, dig even when you don't want to. Dig when you don't want to dig. Elisha said, God, uh, I've been running. We've been fighting. We got three kings here. They don't like each other. A couple of them don't serve God. One of them does. This is getting wild. Animals are dying. It's hot. Dig when you don't want to dig. Paul and Silas in Acts, the 16th chapter, in the bottom of a prison. It's midnight. Nobody feels like singing in chains. I don't know what you've ever pictured Paul and Silas doing in Acts 16, but nobody feels like it. I'm always interested when I hear Christians say, I just don't feel like it. God, God never called us to feeling like it. Sometimes you're just going to have to dig when you don't feel like digging, worship when you don't feel like worshiping, raising your hands when you don't feel like it, serving when I don't feel like it, tithing when I don't feel like it, showing up when I don't feel like it. I stay married on some days. Well, I always feel like it, but there's days Brandy don't feel like it. Come on. You know what I'm saying? There's just all y'all married folks act like you don't know like there's just days you're going to have to you're going to have to dig when you don't want to dig God did not call you to die in that prison Paul and Silas he put you there to help break somebody else out so do what I've called you to do even when you don't want to and and that's what I want you to hear in this season do what you, even if it, is it hard shaking off the scales of this pandemic? Yes. Is it hard having tough conversations about unity and division in our country and diversity? Yes. But dig when you don't want to dig. Get some depth to us as we get out of this. Amen, everybody. Here's the third thing, and I'll pray for you. No matter what. No matter what. Don't stop digging. 
just don't stop. Well, I hadn't hit water yet. Well, it hadn't rained yet. Well, I don't know. God, you don't understand. Everybody's against me. You don't understand, God. This isn't working yet. You ever played the this isn't working card? I've done that with God a whole lot. I do that with diets a whole lot. About three or four hours into a good diet. <laughs> three or four meals into salads, I think, okay, this would be good. And then the scale's not moving. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this is dumb. I'm back to Krispy Kreme. At some point, you're just going to have to just keep doing the things you know how to do. Amen, everybody? You're going to have to keep digging. Psalms 23 and 5 says, You prepared a table before me, not where I wanted it, right in the presence of my enemies. No matter what. He may not remove your enemies. He may just give you a miracle right in front of them. Just because everybody around you is against you doesn't mean you're not in God's will. Just because you hear no from everybody doesn't mean God didn't say yes. You might be surrounded and that might be exactly where God wants you to be so He can show all of them. I can work miracles for Him and for you. Even, Even when everybody's against you, whatever is going on in your life, don't stop. Stop focusing on who's against you and start with who's with you. God's on your side. The story ends like this. 2 Kings 3.17 But thus says the Lord You shall not see wind You shall Nor shall you see rain Yet that valley Shall be filled with water So that you And your cattle And your animals May drink You won't see wind And you won't see rain But I will fill The ditches you dig Write it this way Stop worrying about Where it's coming from and start worshiping who it's coming from. Stop worrying about how God's going to work it out and just start worshiping that God's going to work it out. Stop worrying about where provision comes from. Stop saying all is lost. Start saying, God, I'm trusting you for everything I've got. Stop worried about how it's going to happen. God, how are you going to fill the ditches? It doesn't, that's, the miracle's God's business. Ditches are mine. I don't care if it's rain or wind. God, you don't use that. All I care about, I needed water. I'll do my part. You do your part. Make this valley full of ditches. The Bible said they made it full of ditches. Don't just dig one. Because the capacity at which you dig will determine the capacity at which God can fill. You determine the capacity of the miracle God wants in your life. Don't worry about where it's coming from. Just know God is on your side. Amen, everybody. Bow your heads. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that in this season, I recognize there's some things in my life that have probably kind of filled in the vacant spots, the holes of insecurity and questions and I don't know when and how and where. God, I'm, I'm bringing our church and, and real, I'm bringing me, my life to you, asking you to dig out some stuff, stuff I kind of let cloud my judgment, my mind, the way I think, the way I talk, what's in my heart. God, there's probably some stuff caked inside of there that has got to come out of there and So God, I'm asking you, I'm going to do the hard work of digging some of that stuff out. I'm going to stay faithful and committed when it doesn't feel right, when I don't know really what's going on, when I don't know how you're going to send water. I'm just going to do the hard work and dig out that stuff in my life. I pray for people who feel stuck in this season, that God, there's, there's a new determination to dig themselves out, to work with God in the miracle of water. That God, you're going to do your part. You're going you're, you're to take care of us. You're going to provide for us. You're going to heal us 
our bodies. You're going to heal a broken relationship. You're going to restore joy that seems lost. God, you're going to lift the fog of depression. You're going to bring home wayward children. You're going to make a way financially. God, whatever it is, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to dig the ditch in my own life. I need depth coming out of this season. I'm tired of surface and just barely getting by. I pray for depth in my love and my relationship with God. God, that it's full, that it's full and overflowing so I can be a blessing to the dry and desert land around me. And with your eyes closed and still in that posture of prayer, if you've never surrendered your heart totally to Jesus, that's where you have to start. It's the first thing you got to kind of dig out is all that pride that says, I don't even need God. No, you do. You do. If you could fix you, you would have fixed you a long time ago all by yourself. Starts with a prayer of surrender that sounds like this. As a matter of fact, all of my friends in church this weekend and everybody at church online, would you pray this out loud? Lord Jesus, I give you my whole heart. I repent of all of my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender my whole life to you. I'll follow you every day. In Jesus' name.